Good evening, good evening on this awesome Sunday evening. Oh my word, 26th of July 2020. With all the excitement here in Cape Town. What an awesome atmosphere for the glory of God to manifest with all the fires and the burning and the breakdowns. And Oh Jesus, help us. We have the war weapons on our side. And obedience is the great key that will help you to exercise the word. Now, in uh, I mentioned this morning, and what an awesome morning service we had. And also for next week, oh my word, next Sunday is August the 1st. Can you imagine the eighth month of 2020? Kayla said the other day, no, I'm not having a birthday this year because we didn't do anything this year. I said, I mean for that. But listen, next Sunday... Some of our services are open. The thing with 50 people. And I was picturing in my mind this afternoon. Now, LWPC is going to be 10 o'clock. And then Bonnie Bray much earlier. They had a powerful, powerful prayer walk this morning with Pastor Yaquin, the ushers that was involved there. And then at uh, Brockenfell, we're going to be open 8 a.m., Afrikaans service, and then at 9.25, 9.30, because we need 30 minutes span to, I nearly said fumigate the building, to sanitize the building, and then an English service. Now, I, I picture in my mind, if too many people come, they can sit in the cars and we can have a speaker outside, like the old drivings when I was a, a, a little child. We had drive-ins, you go into a place and you sit in the car with a speaker and, but that's going to be exciting. And then also, tomorrow night, the Zoom time with prayer with Pastor Emmy. Get in prayer. Prayer is one of the most awesome things that you were created for to be on the face of the earth. Now, remember, when the disciples came to Jesus, they didn't say, teach us how to pray, teach us how to make money, teach us how to use the gifts, teach us how to whatever Teach us how to pray. And then he teach them that our Father which art in heaven, let thy kingdom come. Now you must know all truths are parallel. When the enemy know God is up to something, he will take his last shot. And this is the last shot of the enemy in South Africa. Oh my word, because there's a new breed rising up. Hallelujah. There's a new generation, the sons and daughters of God in marching to live out the six purposes, why they were designed, planned beforehand, called for that they may know and understanding. The lockdown time is a time to know and to understand. You can know something and if you don't understand it, that's why information is important. But wisdom is the ability how to apply information correctly. Now, this is the awesome time. All these revelations and all these trips to heaven and all these things won't help now. Now we need action. A church that will move to live out God's dream. Now the scripture out of Matthew chapter 7. Now remember, we are speaking and we did this whole month about grow, sow and go. And this morning I said, growing, sowing and going. <laughs> now, I want to help you because the scripture is so powerful. He says, Jesus, Matthew 7. He says, these words I speak to you are not incidental additions to your life. In other words, not an add-on. Homeowner improvements to your standard of living. Oh, I like that translation. They are foundational words. What is important, how stronger the foundation, how higher the building can go. Words to build a life on. That's what the scripture, if you work these words into your life, <clears throat> You are like a smart carpenter who built his house on solid rock. Rain poured down, the river flooded, 
a tornado hit, but nothing moved that house because it was fixed to the rock. That is what Jesus said. In other words, these words. Now I'm going to fit that in tonight and I'm going to just capture and give you some what we shared on this morning to bring other people in the picture. Now we had views from a lot of different places. Last year, for all the prophetic words that went on for 2020, Pastor Lee, every year, now they were at at that time, they were in... uh, Mississippi in, uh, I'm trying to figure out, Meatville, Mississippi. Now they live in Jackson. And he said, God spoke to him and said, 2020 will be a year of new beginnings. Now he gave this last year in the Open Heaven Conference, he gave me this, new beginnings. Now we are truly in a time of new beginnings. Remember, New Year's Eve, the message, (laughs) The old things is gone. Don't look to the past. I'm doing a new thing. 2020 is a new thing. It's God's thing. Not a church thing, not a religious thing, not somebody else's. It's God's thing. That's the only guarantee. Now, this morning, we spoke on the subject and and we're busy with the growing, sowing and going. Last week, we spoke about generosity. And how generosity is important because generosity shows me how on what spiritual level I operate. It shows me my character. It shows so many different things in my life that I can do. And that's why we need to be generous people. And remember last week, generosity expand my influence. Generosity increase my happiness. Generosity brings God's blessing. Generosity reveals my character. Oh, my word. Generosity makes me more like Jesus. Because if I say I love and I'm not generous, you can give without loving, but you can never love without giving. (laughs) And that's why if we say we love God with everything, if you're married, you say you love your husband or your wife and you're not generous, read my lips, you're not loving them. Because the whole character of Jesus, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And this morning, we spoke about your life mission. Now, that's one of the things that we need to understand. Because you cannot live a haphazard life or just drift through life (laughs) like a ship on the ocean who doesn't have direction without a sail. No, 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 no. Heaven depends on you. God believes in you. God plans you. Jesus came and prepared us, became the perfect model. And that's what we said this morning because we spoke in, and that was growing in faith, be a giant in the Lord, sowing in faith. And tonight, going in faith because it's going to cost you And let me just bring the few things because you can, we need an example. Have you discovered you can learn from other people not to make the same mistakes they've made? Help me somebody. But bad things, you don't need to learn bad things. You just need to see what other people's choices they made that you will not make the same choices. Now, when the revival happened in 2013, God told me, the young people will be the energy. And the recycled youth will be the wisdom to help the younger generation not to make the same mistakes we have made in the past. And that's very important. Because the wise Solomon came and he said, there's a way that seems right for a man. But the end of that road, the end of that decision, the end of that way they're traveling leads to nothing, leads to death. And that's what we can learn from a life by the man called Jonah. Now, Peter did the same, and and Isaiah had (laughs) an excuse when the voice of God called him. Jeremiah said, I'm too young, and God said, man, before you were formed, I already called you to be a prophet for the nations while you were in your mother's womb. And then he said, Jeremiah, 
Because after he said unto young, and God told him all to, that he has called him, he said, what do you see? I see an awakening tree. That's how awakened I am over my word to perform it. So it's God's word that's going to carry us through. Tell somebody, say, hold on to the word. Build your life on the word. The word is a rock, hallelujah, when there's storms outside. Now, this morning, we were reading out of Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 16, and I'm, I'm reading from different translations. It says, God made each of what we are. <laughs> he says, that's now what, what the prophet says, or Apostle Paul says, he said, in Christ Jesus, God made us to do good works. Good works. Come on, somebody. Which God planned. So the good works that God planned is not something I still need to figure out, reinvent the wheel and uh, try it. No, 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 no. God already planned that beforehand. And he said, God planned that in advance. Now, this is phenomenal <laughs> because that means it's my life mission, the reason for my existence, my purpose. That's what gives meaning while I'm here on the face of the earth is what God has planned beforehand. Now, remember the three things we need in life, a model. Jesus came and he modeled that perfectly. Then you need a mentor that understand the model Jesus. And then you need followers that you can teach and model what you learned from Jesus and from Paul and from John and from Stephen and from Peter and whoever there was. Hallelujah. Now, this is phenomenal. Listen, because my life mission is, he says, for us to live or to, to live our lives doing. You have a mission. If you don't know what your life mission is, you're going to drift you're going to be dangerous. You're going to change jobs and churches and, oh, my wives and husband and get involved in all kinds of schemes and revelations and all kinds of false prophets and stuff. But when I understand what my life mission is, I will have direction and I can focus. Now, Jesus said in John chapter 17, 18, now I'm, I'm just picking up for a few minutes to bring, to refresh your memory because all this activity that's going on around us, Western Cape and wherever, <laughs> occupies so many people's minds. So don't get fear. I said, this is the most awesome atmosphere for God to show up. It's something for El Shaddai, for <laughs> the Lord, <laughs> for the shalom of God to manifest like never before. <laughs> John 17, 18 says, in the same way that Father gave me a mission. Oh, my word, in this world. <laughs> I have a mission in this world. Now, a lot of people wait for that. No, no, there you're not going to live out the mission that you have in this world. <laughs> he says, now, Jesus said, I, Jesus, he says, give you a mission in the world. Not your job, not your career, not your hobby. Come on, somebody or a sideline, what God has planned for me and for you, what to do. That's the only guarantee we have. And that's why it's important to understand your life mission is what gives your life meaning. If you don't understand what it is, then you'll be not satisfied. You will not live out all your talents you have between 600 and 700 talents and some of you just discovered two or three or four or five while you have so many. It's a proven fact. Now, without fulfilling your life's mission, I said you will just drift. You will just exist. You will just be average. Or you'll hit the plateau when you get to success while God said, I want you to be significant. Come on, somebody. Now, in Mark chapter 8 and verse 35, if you insist of living for yourself. Wow, that's Jesus speaking. 
In other words, what I've seen in this time of 121 days, how people are self-centered. It's ministries and preachers and individuals and the business people and the worldly people and everybody. It's just about themselves, never about somebody else. Now, it's amazing for everything in world, there is a scripture. Now, this is what Jesus said. He said, if you insist on living for yourself, you will lose your life. Oh, my word. <laughs> it's only those who give away their lives. Listen, <laughs> for my sake, for Jesus' sake, and for the sake of the good news, the gospel. Wow. The life mission, the purpose, the reason for existence. He says, he will ever know what it means really to live. In other words, if I just live for myself, I will never know the fullness, what it is to live life to the fullness. That's when people just live limited lives. God doesn't want you to live a limited life. Now, what makes me free? Somebody lay hands on me and say, devil, come out. No, that also... <laughs> But knowing the truth, and this is the truth out of the word, and applying the truth, the, the truth that sets you free is when you apply it. A lot of people know it. Demon, demonic people, criminals, they know what's the right and the wrong. And they will tell you. But it's when I apply the truth that freedom comes, that I can be in the rest of God, free from fear, free from anxiety, Free. I was thinking about <clears throat> this when uh, the, uh, Martin Swart pulled out his pistol years ago when I was on the border of Swaziland, a uh, minister, and he put the gun in front of my head. The peace that I had, the only thing I knew was the voice inside say, the blood of Jesus. And that's when Mari Fanikar jumped on him <laughs> and the, sh the, the shot went off. Now, now, all these things, there's a peace that surpass all understanding, the rest that the Bible says you need to come in. Because this morning said, everything Jesus did was either come and then go. Everybody who's burdened and who was depressed and goes through battles and he says, come to me because my yoke is light and easy. And after he restored and transformed us and we born again and we full of the word and full of by faith, then he says, go and tell the world, demonstrate, be the salt and the light. Hallelujah. You are the light of the world, the salt of the earth. That's what Jesus said. Nobody else. Jesus said it. That's what's so important because family, we what we need to discover that my assignment in this life, listen, <laughs> my job as a minister, the job as all Lovedal's ministers, the job of every one who carries a title of a prophet, apostle, whatever you are, is Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4 is more clear to me to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. In other words, that work of the ministry is to live out the gospel, to share the gospel, to share out your life mission. <laughs> Listen, because our mission in life, and until we understand, the disciples of Jesus had to understand it. Their life mission is to help other people. <laughs> Listen, fulfill their life mission. Now, now, we love you. That's why we have the services. And we open the church for those that needed to go. And, and, and they don't have the, the, the luxury of airtime and television. Well, you can, we're still going to broadcast these services on Sunday uh, at 9 and at 6. But listen, our mission in life, say my mission as a child of the living God, as a manifest son and daughter that I need to be in this life is help you to discover, to develop, and to complete your life mission. Wow! 
Because one day we're going to stand before the Lord. Remember the scripture that we were reading this morning out of the book of Corinthians. Now, Paul was a model of Jesus. And he says this in Acts chapter 20, 24. The most important thing is that I make money, that I become famous, that I have a nice name tag, a business card printed in gold, <laughs> and that everybody knows I'm the man of the hour with the power. No, no, no. Paul didn't say that. Paul says, the model of Jesus, he, the one that says, follow me as I follow Christ. He says, the most important thing, he's now close to the end of a journey, is that I complete my mission, that I live out my life purpose, the work that the Lord Jesus gave me. That's in your Bible in Acts chapter 20, 24. <laughs> he doesn't say that I can become famous and uh, be a, a celebrity and have all the body. Uh, no, 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 waste time or be negative. He said, my mission in life is to complete what I was designed for, planned beforehand. That's why when he was writing Ephesians 2, verse 20, and all those scriptures in Ephesians and in Corinthians and Galatians and Philippians, listen, he was addressing to the same thing, that people will discover, develop, and complete their life's mission. Now that's why he said, how is it that a lot of people start in the spirit, but they end in the flesh? In this journey, when he used the example, last week we used the farmer, but he spoke about the soldier, he spoke about the athlete. He said, this journey is not who's first, it's who completes it, who finished this race. Wow, that is powerful. Listen, <laughs> I want to help you tonight to give you something for the road for this week to be victorious and overcomer. Oh, my word. <laughs> now, this is important because after Jesus' death and resurrection, what we were reading in John 17, Jesus said to them, now in 17, he says, Father, the same mission you gave me, I gave them. John 20, 21, peace be with you. He spoke peace. <laughs> He says, as the Father has sent me, as the Father has sent me, just as the Father has sent me, listen, I am sending you. Wow, that is so powerful. Just as the Father has sent me, I send you. Now, that will help you to understand heaven believes in you. <laughs> There's times when we write exams what we think was the truth. Come on, when they poisoned me in Korea, Mark chapter 16, I preach a lot about that. But that night, until 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning, I realize, Mark 16, you will take up poisonous stuff and it will not harm you. And God brought me through that. Now listen. The scripture in 1 Corinthians and that, and then we jump away with the 10 lessons from Jonah's life that we can learn. He says, 10 to 14, each one of us should be careful how we build our lives. What you do with your life is important. The only true foundation for building is Jesus Christ, the model, the perfect model, the one who came and demonstrated. Fulfill the prophecy of Genesis chapter 3. The perfect model. I don't care how much heebie-jeebies you get, how much whatever. If you don't build on this foundation, when the storm hits you, you're going to be in trouble. But be careful in choosing what building materials you use on the foundation. You can build with values that last forever. That's God's idea. Built with something that leaves a legacy. Built with something that's got eternal value. All this other junk in the trunk that we sit with. Get the junk out. He says, 
gold, silver, and jewels, one of the other says precious stones. Or you can build with values that burn up and won't last like wood, hay, and straw. One day your work on earth will be inspected on the day of judgment. God will test it by fire so the quality of your work is manifested and all will see the true value of what you accomplished. If your work survives the fire, now you need to be iron in this life. Come on, somebody. And it's through Jesus. You will receive your reward. But if your work is burned up, you will lose your reward, even though you yourself will be saved like someone barely escaping a fire. Now, my life mission is four things, how I discover it and what it is about. Remember, that was prearranged by God. Number one, we said this morning, my life mission comes from God's word. <laughs> it's not an add-on. Okay, I'm going to live my life, and now I'm going to add on. Now, what was the scripture we were reading in Matthew 7, from verse 24 to 25? These words I speak to you, not as incidental addition to your life, homeowner improvements to your standard of living. No, they are foundational words, foundational words, words to build a life on. That's in Matthew 7, what Jesus said. Then he said, I'll show you how are you who hear and listen. You're a man that builds a house on a foundation. Because when the storms and the floods and this one say a tornado hits, that you will remain standing. Your life mission is not from a person, not from something I think it is, not from something I invented or uh, a dogma. This, that. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's not from somebody's book. It's from the Bible from the Father heart of God. Number two, my life mission requires a step of faith. This is the thing. I don't feel like it. I'm scared. I'm afraid. No, 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 no. It's not a feeling. It's a doing thing. It will cost faith to reach out, to let go of what's keeping you back so that you can live out your life mission. Come on, somebody. Number three, my life mission will help others. That's so powerful. Your life mission is going to help other people. And we read it out of the life of Jonah, Jonah chapter 1. My life mission, number four, may scare me at first. Now, what I'm going to do with that depends how I'm going to fulfill the life mission. Well, I cannot talk. You have a lot of excuses I'm too skinny, I'm too big, I'm too fat, I'm too young, I'm too old. I'm not edgy. All these I am, all the excuses, it's not going to work. For every excuse, God made a plan. Isaiah said, I'm a man of unclean lips. (laughs) Maybe he was walking around and say thunder and lightning the whole time. God said, I made provision. He sent an angel to cleanse his lips so that he can fulfill his life mission. Because but Jonah ran away from the presence of the Lord. Why? Because he was afraid of the calling God has on his life. Wow. You cannot hide in the crowds. We're here to fulfill a mission. Now, running from my mission causes bad consequences. It's a high price. That's where I pick up tonight. Everything I shared until now was what happened this morning. If I run from God, listen, my life go downhill. I think I'm going forward, but in the meantime, I had to perform and I had to pretend and I had to show other people that I didn't make a mistake. Now, I can tell you history books of people not listening, the voice of God, not fulfilling what God said. I've learned I paid high prices when God said something, I'll do it. Last Sunday, I think before service, God said, call the family again, what he did afterwards, and so 
this amount of money, and we did. Because I've learned, and out of that, God started moving. And God started blessing the church and do things. And God said, help this pastor, help that church, help that minister. Help the, uh, you see, it's the instruction that carries the guarantee. Because in Jonah 1.3b, <laughs> the B part, he went down. Now God said, go. And Jonah ran away from the presence of God. Now you can never run away from God, even if you can make your bed where God sees you. He knows exactly. He knows the choices we can make. And that's why he comes with the option. He said, rather make this choice than that one, because that one you're going to follow you're going to pay high prices, and you'll hear now. He went <laughs> to Joppa, where he found a ship headed for the port of Tarsus. He paid the price to sail to Tarsus. Now listen the word, and he went down. You will hear the word down, 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 down. <laughs> when you run away from your life mission, you think in the natural you're going down or up and forward, but actually you're going down. The parable of the sower, it comes with deception of riches and the cares of the world and all these kind of things. Listen, and the Bible says, and he went down below the deck, hoping to get as far away from God as he could get. Wow. 1979, I was angry with God. Oh, I didn't read Bible. I didn't pray. I still preach. That's why I can identify a backslider preacher a mile away. <laughs> Listen, I didn't do it. I want nothing. I didn't pray in tongues until I came from Benoni to fetch the children here in the West Coast. And 14 kilometers before Lanesburg, that was Lanesburg flooded the Sunday. This was the next Saturday. I had an encounter with God. And a light came in the car. It was <clears throat> still dawn. And uh, suddenly I break through in spraying, speaking in tongues, and I heard the voice of God. It's time to put your feet in the River Jordan. I want to depart the water that you can go into your promised land. Now, did I understand all this? No, no. That was God trying to get me back in my life mission because I was angry. I had bitterness. I invented the petrol bomb, how to blow up the family that did me harm, and all this kind of stuff. Now, that's many, many years ago. Some of you were not born even. But listen, I've learned that day. And three times God spoke to me in different occasions, and I've shared it once here. But Jonah 1.5 says, and Jonah was down below, laying down, sound asleep. <laughs> Jonah 2.3, and late I sank down, down into the deep sea. So what Jonah was just doing, he think he's going to hide and run away from his life mission. He was just going down, down, <laughs> down. <laughs> and Jonah 2.6 in the message translation, I was far down as a body can go. Now, this is the thing you need to understand. You can never run away from God. Uh, if you believe there's God or not a God, there is a God. <laughs> I'm telling you, there is a God. Because he was in the beginning. <laughs> and uh, now you can never run away because he loved you so much. He sent his precious, he manifest as a son. And he gave his life up to redeem you, to purchase you to get you back in alignment, back as a son and a daughter. Number two, if I run from God, it will cost me this, a price tag to it when I run from God. Come on, somebody. Now, God sent Jonah from where he stayed to the town called Nineveh, 550 miles away from him. Now, you know what he did? That was where the modern Iraq is right now, an area in that area. Now, ISIS demolished that area recently when they came to power. But that's where God was sending him. They were the greatest enemies to Jerusalem. And Jonah hated them. God said, go and preach the gospel <clears throat> to your enemies. <laughs> 
Your life mission is to tell everybody that Jesus loves. He's alive. But he paid a higher price to travel down 2,500 miles to close to Spain. Now, if you look on the chart where he had to go from where he was, (laughs) 550 miles, he paid a higher price to travel by boat or ship 2,500 miles fleeing away from God. But that couldn't even. It will cost you on the long run. It will cost you. It will cost you. Come on, somebody. Because what I need to discover, my journey will have options. There's options. But I can never follow that options. I need to follow the voice of God. Somebody say it. Follow the voice of God. That means going in faith. You are called to change the world. Jonah, you are called to change the world. Uh, Jonah wants God to demolish them. And God wants to save them. (laughs) Now, that's why you can never walk with unforgiveness, bitterness, with anger. You need to let go. Now, the scripture says in that thing, he says in Jonah 1.3b, he paid the price to sail to Tarsus while God sent him to Nineveh. The next thing, if I run from God, listen, my journey will be opposed. Wow, it's hard. It's difficult. Nothing is working. Works for a time. Make good money. Run away. Oh, my word. And you feel, oh, I'm going to do it. And then suddenly this opposition. Jonah 1, 4. But as the ship was sailing, the Lord sent an opposing wind. Now, when you don't listen, the enemy knows exactly what is obedience to God and what is not. That's why he's called the father of lie. God said, I'm healing you. I'm providing for you. I've called you. I've made up my mind about you. He'll bring the option to you. And if you violate what God said, he will do anything. Now that's how the devil works. He abuse you. You become a slave. And then he just trample on you. And he wants you to burn in hell, in fire with him. Now listen, family. That's why in John in, in Jonah one four, the bee, the opposing wind created such a massive storm that the ship was in danger of breaking apart. So the fourth thing is when I run away from my life mission, from God's calling in my life, God's plan. If I run from God, other people can get her too. Now here was Jonah on the ship. All the people on the ship, my word, they suddenly realized we're in big trouble. It's through Jonah's disobedience that they could have been hurt. Because <clears throat> the wind was so against them. Jonah 1.5. All the sailors were terrified And they cried out in desperation to whatever gods each one trusted. They also threw overboard everything they could to lighten the ship's load. There's a thing that I preach in the 80s when you're on the wrong ship talking about your calling. So I'm picking that up tonight. While the storm was threatening everyone, says the Bible, Jonah was down below in the deck laying down sound asleep. Oh, my word. He actually let other people, the fact that this nation, that people will die this weekend, and some people died. Tomorrow with the uproars, these kind of things happened. And in the time, you know why? Because God's people, God sent them to Nineveh but we want to run away to Tarsus. Other people can get hurt because the church is not, listen, on the brink. 
They're not on the edge of doing what God wants us to do. Other people get hurt and can get lost and die. Gustav, this is a hard word. I don't come. I want to feel good. This is very important for your life mission. Then God will add everything to you. Matthew 6, 33. Read it in the Amplified. Joshua, uh, Jonah 1, 8. So they asked Jonah, how have you brought down all this trouble on us? Hmm. They suddenly realize it's not one of them. This is an unnatural storm, a demonic storm. <laughs> and then they went to Jonah and said, how in the world did you bring us in this trouble? Because what I need to discover, these four things, when I run away from my mission, it causes bad consequences. We said, if I run away from God, my life go downhill. Number two, if I run from God, it will cost me a price tag. Instead of sowing and giving in the kingdom of God, people try to rescue their efforts, their programs, their things, and they lose everything. Then they're angry with everybody and with God. No, 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 no. If I run from God, my journey will be opposed because God's blessing is not upon that. And the fourth thing we said, if you run away from your calling and from your life mission, if I run away from God, other people can get hurt. That's why God only have Romans chapter 12, verse 2 and 3, a good, acceptable, perfect plan for your life. It's to understand that plan. Now, family, the lesson from Jonah that we can read, we'll learn out of his mistakes. The longer I run from God, the worse it gets. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> People say, give me a word, give me a word. I had a lot of those. I said, just do what God told you in the first place to do. Well, I need a now word. That was the word. Every now word will not line up with that word because every word, if it's God, will always bring you back to the first word. It's originally planned. That's why I have a problem when I hear people prophesy and they never prophesy the will of God. Go and make disciples, win the last, live out God's dream, be everything, manifest, be a manifest son and daughter. You always hear something different. That's the danger. Listen, because in Jonah 1.11, now the storm was getting worse and the waves got rougher. So again, they asked Jonah for a second time, what should we do to you to stop the storm and calm everything down. Wow. Jonah 1.12, throw me overboard, down into the sea, Jonah said, and everything will calm again. He knew he was in error. He first had pride because he was sleeping while there was danger happening. And then he had to get rid of his pride. Pride will rob you from every good thing God has in store. And then he had to come to his senses. Pride will blind you. It's amazing. We will never acknowledge we're wrong. We always say he, she, and they. The church cannot blame nobody. We only need to blame ourselves. We cannot blame. God gave his word. Turn back to the basics and turn to the word. Listen. Hallelujah. He says, throw me overboard down into the sea. Jonah said, and everything will calm down. Hallelujah. I know that it is my fault that you're having to fight this terrible storm. Wow. And number seven. If I'm fighting God's plan, I will try, listen, <laughs> in, you'll try harder to make it work. You'll get plastic. You'll be an imitation and you'll be a fake later on and you will discover that doesn't work. Remember when God said for six days, you need to gather the manna. That's now the Hebrew children coming out of Egypt or for five days. But on the six days, you need to pick up for the seventh day. 
Some of them pick up on the first day for Tuesday. Then when the next morning they didn't eat because it was full of worms. <laughs> you, you can never outrun God. God's got a plan. It's called all about honor him. Listen, if I'm fighting God's plan, I will try harder and it doesn't work because Jonah 1.13 says, instead the sailors tried harder to row the ship back to land and safety, but they could not turn it around for the raging storm was out of control. That's after Jonah said, here's the solution, throw me in. They thought, no boy, we're not going to do it. <laughs> then we've never done that before. We're going to try to get back to land. And now the storm was more <laughs> heavy than ever before. Now, what happens when I live out my life mission? Just three things and then I'm done. What happens when I do what God wants me to do? Listen, things comes down and I operate in God's peace. Oh my word, they were two farms away from our, from Loftal World Press Center. Now you know Loftal is a big community with what we do there. The farming, the school, the baby rescue, the hospital, the rehabs, the women abuse center or restoration center, people living on the property. Now, <laughs> that can cause a lot of stuff. But when Lanzel mentioned it to me, it's like a peace is over me. And the Lord said, because you live out what I've called you to do, no weapon formed you, not even the EFF that came there to men to try to show, you know, beacon of some, no, 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 they will not be nothing because the angel of the Lord is on that property. Now that's amazing. All this havoc around us. Listen. I am in a peace of God, even in the midst of all this, even not having church for months, 121 days. I think for four months I haven't been in church in South Africa. I just do this every day <clears throat> and, and every Sunday, morning and night. But there's a peace. When suddenly that <clears throat> fear tries to knock on my door, I quote the scripture. <laughs> Somebody say the word works. The word works inside of you. Let the word of God dominate you. The problem with we as Christians, we make a mistake. And instead of correcting it, we try to live with the mistake. Oh, my word. And then my mother always had a saying. She said, yeah, the grass is greener. It looks greener on the other side of the fence. Now, I wouldn't say how she said it. She said it's because the manure is much more there. Then you are in bigger trouble. Now, what happens when I do and I turn back what God wants? I come in God's peace. Jo Jonah 1, 14, 15. Finally, the sailors cried out to Jonah's God. <laughs> now they repent. Now they acknowledge there's a God because before they try what gods everybody is worshiping. Oh, Lord, don't let us die because of this man's life. And please don't hold us responsible for his death because you, Lord, sent the storm for your purpose. Then they took Jonah and threw him overboard and immediately somebody say, you, you see, there's a thing that God wants to manifest. It's the immediateness of God. The suddenness and the immediateness, it's going to boom. <laughs> You're in a storm financially and when you start giving and you start displaying, boom, God comes through for you. Job open. Oh my word, God, that bursaries comes through for your children. For universe. All the, the suddenness, the immediately, the things that do happen, that's the God. God wants to reveal himself to you. When we start doing what God is requiring, the pre-arranged, pre-planned plan of God is the only guarantee we have that we're going to make it significant. He says, Then they took Jonah and threw him overboard, and immediately the raging sea calmed down. Wow! Isn't that so powerful? 
<laughs> now, 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 this is phenomenal. When I do what God tells me to do, number nine, listen, when I do what God wants, unbelievers start believing. <laughs> unbelievers start believing. People come to the Lord. People acknowledge God. They acknowledge the God. Oh my word, the king had to acknowledge Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's God. He changed the law because favor was upon them. The same with Daniel. The same with Joseph. Come on, somebody. <laughs> my God, unbelievers start believing. When uh, Paul and, and, and Peter, of course, stood up on the day of Pentecost and and now in Acts chapter 6, 7, there's a powerful thing that tells us. It says, so the word of God spread and the number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly. What increased rapidly? Disciples. They don't say church members of the synagogue or church members of the first church of Jerusalem. Now it says they became disciples. You see, we need to turn back to become disciples, learners, learners. What is a disciple? It's a learner. Uh, never lose the ability of being teachable. You can switch off your device. Now, now, now the word still remains. If I believe it or not, God's word remains the same. That's why Jesus said, go and make disciples. We need to turn back to making disciples. And when I'm a disciple, <laughs> I will have somebody that disciples me. I will become the disciple. And then the people I disciple, well, oh, that's what happened in the church of Jerusalem. It says, and listen, and a number of priests, oh my word, <laughs> become obedient to the faith. They accepted Jesus Christ. Come on, church. This great revival that's prophesied. You know how it's going to happen? When the church discover we're here to live out a life mission, to get the sinner saved. It's a mighty move of God. Mighty move of miracles. A mighty move of provision is coming. Now you say, Gustav, we want a deeper. This is a very deep <laughs> revelation. Live out your life mission. If you're not going to live it out, everybody's going to wonder what is the next one busy, who's who in the charismatic zoo. And we'll try to invent, we'll try to perform, we'll try to do my, no, 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 no. That's why this is the only mission you can live out on the face of the earth. All the other reasons you were created is going to happen here and there. But you only have one chance while you're alive to evangelize to share the good news. That's when you build your life with gold, silver, and precious stones. Because when I do what God wants, unbelievers believe. John, uh, once, uh, Jonah 1.16, when the sailors saw this happen, they were awestruck by God's greatness, and they worshiped God. They offered a sacrifice and made vows to God. That's after they throw Jonah over and the sea immediately becomes calm. Do you want a calm life? Start doing what God tells you to do. Don't focus on the negative. Don't focus on the problems. Don't be a problem focuser. Don't be focused on what's happening. Now, we, not, we don't say that doesn't exist. We say we're here to change the atmosphere. And the 10th thing that we can learn from Jonah, when I accept my mission in life, God's mercy, God's grace, and God's greatness, listen, will manifest in my life. Because what they saw there that day and what Jonah experienced, he stepped out of the natural into a supernatural experience because Jonah 1.17 says, Now the Lord prepared a great fish <laughs> to swallow up Jonah 
And Jonah was inside the great fish for three days and nights. <laughs> if a fish had to swallow me, he'll have heartburn. <laughs> Listen, suddenly, when you accept my mission, three things I need to do. When I do what God wants me to do, things calm down. I come in the peace of God. When I do what God wants, unbelievers will start believing. And when I accept my mission, I say, yes, here am I. God's mercy and God's greatness will manifest. Listen, <laughs> my portion will be things outside of the ordinary will start manifest in and through my life. And this is what God, and guess what? Where, where does Jonah end up? In God's plan A. He had a plan B. How many times do we try to figure plan B out? While well, God said there's only a plan A. Where did the fish spit Jonah out? <laughs> in Nineveh, 2005? No, no. <laughs> in Tarsus, where God's plan A is. This is a time for you and me. This is a time for the church, the global church the local church, to turn back to God's dynamic plan, to make a quality decision, to make up your mind. Come on, to make that choice. The three things. When I do what God wants, I'm coming in the peace of God because that's when he invites me to come. Bring all your burdens and all your cares and all your problems because my yoke is easy. We no longer yoke to the devil's yoke that's difficult and destructive and murderous and robbing. And my word, the devil is just a squatterish, illegal <laughs> resident on the face of the earth. And you have the right to put him out. Come on, somebody. <laughs> when I do what God wants, fulfill it. I'll make disciples, unbelievers, will start believing that Jesus Christ is Lord. And I accept my mission. God's mercy, God's grace, and God's greatness will manifest through me. That's why you will lay your hands on the sea. God will heal them. You will cast out devils. You will raise the dead. You will speak in new tongues. Oh, my Lord Jesus. You will manifest the overcoming power of the blood. Because God wants the church to turn back to plan A. And are you ready for that tonight? Live out your life mission. If you're not living out your life mission, you'll try to make changes. <laughs> Have you seen the people that goes, they, they've got a, they possess with operations and they do the face. I've saw, saw somebody on the YouTube thing he wants to look like Kent of Barbie. And then another lady wants to look like Barbie. That Kent took out his ribs and stuff. Man, he's plastic. And you see later, they've got lips this thick. <laughs> they look like the spirits drinkers. <laughs> they cannot smile. It's like, uh, you know, plastic. It's the polyfiller. Now, that's where the church were. That's how the world sees us. We need to turn back. What did God tell me? In the revival will happen. It will be a love revolution. It will be a transformation. The harvest of souls can only come. It doesn't help. I preach every... And people come to the Lord and I don't disciple them because I create stillborn babies that I'm going to give account. I need to make disciples, make a quality decision of growing, of sowing, and of going to live out your life's mission, go, Jesus' last words, and make disciples of all nations. Teach them, baptize them, baptize them. Come on, and teach them everything Jesus said. And that's what needs to happen right now. The manifest sons and daughters of God, Romans chapter 8, are the ones that will be led by the Holy Spirit. If you say, I've heard from God, God's voice is always connected to his word. 
Scripture answers Scripture. Scripture explains Scripture. Scripture is the only thing, the foundation to build your life on. Are you ready tonight? I made a quality decision. That's the decision of Lofdal. We're going to live out a life mission and impact the world. The revival will start at the tip. That's why Lanzal said a powerful thing this week. She said the fact that Cryfontaine is so terribly under attack, it's the revival city in God's mind prophesied in 1959 that the move of God, the flame will start and it will hit Africa and go to Europe and hit the whole of the United States and the rest of the world. God is waiting on us. Are we waiting on God is waiting on us? That's why the fervent prayer of the righteous availeth much. And the prophet prayed, Elijah, and it stopped raining. And then he prayed, and immediately it started raining again. And I think last Sunday, Lancel said, <coughs> they were, <coughs> people were expecting the fire with the, the priest of Baal. But God wants to give the rain. <laughs> It's the rain. It's going to rain. Hallelujah. The greatness of God. Are you ready tonight? If you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, this is your opportunity. Somebody sent me a text. Can I be baptized? Yes. We're going to do that during the services that opens up. People say, we cannot wait to come to the services. Our church had new members during the lock. Can you believe it? That God, we, we don't have trouble. We don't have, you know, what I've learned and see. Because there's a foundation. The word is the foundation. I can only tell you the word. And tonight, are you the candidate that God is looking for? To say, Jesus, here am I. I confess tonight that Jesus is Lord. Forgive me my sin. Wash me in the blood. Lord, we're going to change the stats in this nation of South Africa. Islam is not the fast-growing religion. We as God's people is going to take the nation by force. In she's active, manifest, salt and light Christians <laughs> in South Africa, hallelujah, that's going to live up to the 85%. And we want to see the name of Jesus lifted high. The Greenpoint Stadium and big stadiums and buildings that we're going <laughs> to take hold of to accommodate God's people in the name of Jesus. Father, forgive me. Put my name in the book of life because from this night on, I'm going to be a disciple, a follower of Christ, a learner. And I'm going to serve you with everything I have. If you're a believer, pray this prayer. Say, Lord Jesus, I said this morning, here am I. And tonight, Lord, I make a quality decision to live out my life mission. I don't want to go like a blind man or like the older brother in the house arguing when God, the prodigals, come home. No, no, no. Everything that belongs to my father is mine. It's by revelation. God, here am I again. <laughs> oh, think of thousands of people can say this tonight. All over the world, millions of people. How we will change the nations because the instruction go and make the well, you take that, win them for relationship, win, love them, win them for Jesus, and win them for the family, for the local church and the global church. Come on, people, say it. If you need a miracle in your body, say, By his stripes I've been made whole. I'm not moved by what I feel. Right now, Lord, we also pray. For the man of God in Dallas that was just diagnosed um, with a tumor on his brain. And we pray that you will heal. We command the devil to take his hands off right now. In the mighty name of Jesus, we say tumor, you dissolve and disappear. We pray protection. We stand in the gap for all the pastors. Oh my word, I know of 35 pastors that died that I personally know of. And, uh, oh, my word, we speak life and life in resurrection and godly protection. We pray for the ministry, Lord, in Jesus' name, for a complete healing in people's minds, emotions, in their bodies, right now, in Jesus' name. 
And we thank you, Lord, that all our needs are met. Lord, we make a decision to be generous in your kingdom. We want to build your house. The instruction of the book of Haggai, come up to the mountain and build the house. Because if I take care of God's house, God will take care of my house. These people were phenomenal testimonies that did it. They had no money now. And the next day, they are hundred and something thousand in their bank accounts. These people that God supplied jobs and houses and cars and land. Listen, people, that's what God wants to do. The blessing of the Lord is upon you. It's not for the heathen. The heathen must come to Jesus. And the only prayer God can listen of a heathen is when you accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. <laughs> and that's where we are to, to accept what Jesus asked us to do. We love you. You are phenomenal. Thank you for the honor to visit in your home. Remember the Zoom meeting with Pastor Emmy tomorrow night and connect every morning. We release the keys of faith. People say, if I don't uh, post the keys on time, they say, hey, where's my key of faith? Because it carries. We've got testimonies upon testimonies. We love you. Send us your testimonies. Send us your prayer requests. If you accepted Jesus Christ as Lord, let us know about that. Until this coming week, in the mighty name of Jesus, Gustav de Toy from Loftal International in the Western Cape, South Africa. The land where the fire is burning in the natural, but it's going to burn in the spirit like never before. In Jesus' name, we love you. Right into his eyes.